0: flushcarecom slash
1: Many mothers and family members, like especially mothers, but also some par- uh, fathers have told me that their most resourceful, resourceful silence in their daily lives is locking themselves in the toilets.
0: Der hørte du Olga Lehmann, som är er postdoktor i psykisk helse ved NTNU Trondheim. Og som du sikkert har skjønt, handler episode 144 av ungefär om stillhet. Jag heter Sara Lossus, och jag håper att var episode av Ingefær gjør deg litt klokere. Det er i hvert fall målet, og selv er jeg blitt på vad stillet är er, og hvorfor vi ett det samtalen med Olga. Selv kan jeg elske stillheten. För mig kan stillhet vara ljuden av snö som faller, av blader som blåser lätt i brisen, eller ljuden av mina döttrar sovande pust för exempel. Stillhet kan också bara vara frånvar av intryck generellt, alltså ingen skärm och ingen radio. Men stillheten kan också vara skummel, ensam eller faretrunne. Alla som har barn vet att om barnen är för så är er det värt att checka vad de driv på med. Følelsen av att sitta alene hjemme när du hör fest i det fjärre, utan själv att ha någon att ha det gøy med, kan förstärka ensamheten. Och många gånger undgår vi tystnad för vi känner på egna følelser. Och allt detta och mer till snakker vi om i veckans episode. På det ger oss möjlighet till att batterier och till att tänka och føle för vi handler, till att lytte og förstå och till att bli bedre kända med oss selv och andra. Och jo mer jag har satt mig in i tystnad, jo mer har jag blivit fan av den. Om mot slutet episoden så får du konkreta tips till hur du kan få en mer stillhet i vardagen. Passa du bra nå som det är er höst, syns jag. Samtal mellan Olga och mig föregår både på engelsk och norsk så eh, beklager eller advarsel på forum. Olga är er från Colombia men kom till Norge för att fördjupa sig i stillhet och skriver i dessa dag på en bok om nettop det samma tema. Men finner du på saralossus.no som saralossus besvensam på Facebook och som splatist i kamille och Camille.no det må jag är si er en också. Och så tack till min nye tekniker Tommy fra Podmaster som fixer lyden. Och kontakt mig gärna, jag svarar på alla DM jag får. Blir oss med i diskussion om ukens episode i den lukkede gruppen ungefär podcast med saralossus på Facebook. Men nå över God och God het på. Hallå allgra, välkommen till Ingenfär. Tusen tack för inbjudan. Jag är gladare mig. Så bra det, är Stillet er är liksom jag tänkte lite på är er det rart å ha en hel episode om stillet, men så jag tänkt att jag tror ikke det er så rart för jag tror vi trenger det och ja. det ska vi finna ut av I dag. Ja. Men stillet det tränger ikke bare bara fravärd er alltså vad är er egentligen tysthet ja det är er en stor fråga så jag ska prova på lite engelska också
1: då and what is silence the first thing maybe it's easier for me to begin with to tell what silence is not mm-hmm. because uh, sometimes when we look in the dictionary and so on we can see that silence is an absence or is a void or emptiness however i believe uh, and in my research and many other, other scholars on silence said that we, there's nothing like a pure silence so there's not, a, not not a total absence of sound even if you go to an anechoic chamber like these acoustic uh, rooms that block all the acoustics when i was there with my students i started listening like a truck <sighs> And I was very confused and I thought maybe I'm hallucinating because some people hallucinate in these rooms. And after some minutes, I noticed there were my eye- eyelashes on the mask because the, ro- the walls of these rooms have granite, so you use masks. And my eyelashes were sounding like tracks when they were touching the mask. So not even in those spaces can we be in pure silence unless we die. So that to begin with, silence is not pure, nothing pure, or it's not a total absence, but it's like something that is interdependent with noise, with sounds, with movement, and with language. So silence is like this, in it's a melon room. Like this room in between uh, movements, in between words, speech, in between noises that are like this unintentional sounds. And sounds sounds that will be more... For example, if you're listening to music, that will be for some people a sound. But instead if there's the traffic coming around, that could be a, sound, a noise because it's a bit intentional. So silence is everything that happens between these, in between these four things. Noise, sound, movement and language.
0: I see. Men hva med um eyes, right, the visual? Yeah. Come in, in the English skin. Sorry <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Yeah. Men,
1: noise? Yes. Actually yes, there we have a lot of like usually we relate silence more with the sense of of hearing, right? Um and in my perspective as you suggested silence relates with all our other senses with with this we are constantly overstimulated in many ways, not just with noises or or sounds, but also with objects we are seeing or screens or Instagram, Facebook, even tastes when we are eating food, like food companies are overstimulating us with, uh, with tastes too. So I believe that too. This can be maybe related with this aspect of of movements because that's what creates noise in the body. I would believe like all this overstimul visual stimulation creates a lot of movement or overwhelm in our mind. Similarly to what happens when you are overstimulated with sounds or mm. noises.
0: When mm. I um, was uh, stillhet, it's always been a part of all cultures, like yeah or Fo that was for so why is um, why is it so important for us? It is and that's a very interesting question
1: actually because we relate silence with these kind of extremes in a way in many cultures, silence is related with something related to sacredness or rituals and uh, people who have a spiritual path or a religious path perceive this search for silence as crucial. And silence, on the other side, is also very related to this darkness, mm. like the, the old what is forbidden, what is a taboo or things related to trauma. So uh, for me as a psychologist and a researcher, it has been very inspi- uh, in- interesting and inspiring to see how both silence can relate to the the sacred and <sighs> the... Profane in a way, like Freud talks about this when, a ta- when it's a taboo, it's like this combination between, that's why I think silence scares us so much because it's something that we feel thrilled or or driven to pursue, but at the same time it's like, it's a lot of darkness in silence too, as much as there's light and brightness. Mm. I don't know if I went far too abstract, you will let me know.
0: I think i come back, okay. right? yeah. But um, as I understand, stillness or, and silence is a hot topic in, in the States, it is. And you have been talking with Finnish people and, and some from Sweden, and you're writing a book about it yourself. Yeah. So, why? I, I think first because our society is not
1: specially silent. <laughs> so like, you know, so societal changes, we tend to go in extremes. And these eras goes like this when we have revolutions. We go from one extreme to the other. And I think in the latest years, we have been in an era of overstimulation, especially related with media and uh, technology and so on so I think that that's where it comes the need and at the same time we are in an era that is kind of redefining spirituality we have been especially in Europe like this we have been in an era of secularity or just rejection of many uh, religious practices and now lately we are in an era of maybe not religiosity but spiritual questions yeah you can call it new age but I I think I would need a um, broader topic, a uh, theme for, for spiritual searches. Uh. And that goes to another topic I would like us to speak later on, and is that silence, since for me silence, or what I say silence phenomena, to make it even broader, they, are, they have a lot of superpowers. And one of the superpowers of silence or silence phenomena is that they
0: can enhance connection. Yeah, because you mentioned the three C's, right? Yes. Yes. And that's connection, calmness, and communication. It is.
1: Mm-hmm. It exactly that. And that's what I think we are looking for. That's, that's what I think we are also, also using technology all the time Are so attached to our phones. The, the good intention of it is that we are driven for connection. Is that we get lost on the path. Of finding this connection. And that connection, I mean connection to other human beings. Mm-hmm. Connection can be connection to art, to ourselves. If one believes in God, that's what I'd also you can called the spiritual part of silence but you don't need to go there necessarily or nature which is something very Scandinavian or Norwegian like if you look at this word that I think is so beautiful free Leave, live and I don't think you can translate it I have looked for it many times and it's a lot to do with silence I had I even had bachelor students at NTNU the university in Trondheim where I wrote my PhD or where I work I had uh, some Norwegian bachelor students writing about freedom, leave and silence, and
0: this connection comes yeah. again, but with nature. Yeah, but also the connection with ourselves. Totally. And that's why I think many people uh, that we we are um, we want the silence, but it's scary as well as yes. you mentioned because uh, when we experience silence, we can also experience the negative thoughts and so on exactly (laughs) yes so that's why i think silence can be really difficult right
1: it is exactly that it is something when it comes to to silence as a possibility or as a gate or a room to connect for uh, to ourselves it becomes quite scary because we have some ideals of what being human is about right And when we get inside and we are in contact with what I call these little demons or dragons we have, or with our darkness, no one has really taught us how to do this. Like, I know lately many schools are trying to introduce courses on relationships, mindfulness, emotional intelligence, but that's not the common. That's not the average thing to do at a school or in families. Of course, we do that, but we are not so used to learn how to relate to ourselves or to our feelings or how to be really human. That's what I found in my data and in some of the other work I have done. How we fear silence. The first thing that that makes us fear silence is because silence expands our perception of uncertainty. And the mind, the brain does not like that. We, we are very afraid of uncertainty. How does it expand? What do you mean by that? Like, for example, mm-hmm. I stopped talking <laughs> now for some seconds and I look <laughs> your face going like, is she crazy? What's going on, right? When we become silent, we don't know what's going to happen, right? So the mind, we start looking like, how do I relate to this? What do I do? I had a bachelor student writing a thesis about silence, awkward silences in dating. Mm-hmm. And it became the topic of uncertainty. I came can again. remember those days. <laughs> <case. laughs>
0: exactly. Ooh la la. That yeah. was hard work. It was, mm-hmm. right?
1: So, so when we become silent or when we are in silent environments, we...
0: Selling a little or a lot? So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today.
1: Yeah, the the positive thing or well I don't like this positive right wrong, but one of the how do you say in English this fordel or advantages mm-hmm. of of these silent environments or being or not talking is that we open the room of possibilities. Like if now I stop talking for a couple of seconds, I can start thinking or reflecting what can I say or what shouldn't I say? However, this is not always easy because because we want to be connected and appreciated, but at the same time, if we want connection, we need to be vulnerable. And the mind doesn't really like vulnerability. Like if we have this old brain, the more our animal brain, the mission of this brain is kind of protecting us, survival, right? So when we are experiencing uh, uncertainty, this this kind of old brain starts uh, like turning on alarms, like... Activate like we need survival. We need to find the best solution. There is a solution. We need to start say, looking if we are gonna need food or we need to f- fight or fly or like we activate all these defense mechanisms. And that's not always helpful. That's why we need to establish this connection between the old brain and, and our new brain. That's um, I'm, I'm yes, I I use this old the new brain as a metaphor to to reflect how we. Require an integration by all these rooms or little parts of our of our mind when we, and when we are related uh, interacting with silence. That's not always easy. So that's what I say. The first thing is we fear the uncertainty. Mm-hmm. However, it's not silence to blame. Uncertainty is an existential given. It's a part of life. So I always say it's not about breaking the silence. It's about paying attention to the tension that silence creates. Because it's, that's where we can learn, okay, maybe being uncertain can also help me to be vulnerable. When I'm vulnerable, I am more real. Then I open myself to the possibility of being hurt. If we come back to this example of my bachelor student with the dating and the awkward silences. If the, si- if the date goes very silent, people start thinking... Oh, does this man or woman like me? Is there gonna be a second date? Is there gonna be sex tonight? Is there, who's gonna pay the bill? Shall I say something smart or funny? But at the, and all these expectations start hmm. bursting in our in our brain, and it's because we crave connection, we crave dialogue, and at the same time, we have ideals or expectations that this this should flow. That's what our That's why silence is a possibility to break expectations and become more aware about what is to be human. And we are so fragile as human beings. That's why we are also more afraid of silence, because we are not really waking up, today I'm going to be fragile and get in touch with my fragility. That's not something so easy for us. Mm. It's also necessary to thrive in life, to get in touch with this fragility that we have So that's what I say uncertainty is is a key word here. And it was so crucial in my research findings. When you open the door of this room of silence, you need uncertainty to navigate there. At the beginning, our mind doesn't want that. Our mind wants problem solving. Our mind wants certainty control. But we need, like I always tell to my students, the mind wants to help us, but she doesn't know always how. So you need to dialogue with the mind. Say, hey, let us navigate this uncertainty a little bit. That's what meditation or prayer mm-hmm. can help us sometimes.
0: But, the, you know, the only thing we know in life is that life is uncertain.
1: Exactly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. exactly. It is. It's just easier in theory than in practice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> ja, det det. I always say, teach what you need to learn. I don't like uncertainty <laughs> myself. But but you also talked about silence as a mellomerom yeah. and that's a rhetor- retorisk grepp jag oh, det på wow. norska. Ja. <laughs> okay. I uh, för exempel um, i taler eller i musikstycker för yeah. uh, för exempel uh, Obama he used a lot of silence in his speech. It is in oh. order to get his points more yeah ja, for för mer vad han ville säga si, då. Yeah, so a very important rhetorical to use yeah.
1: Yeah, also Hitler, he used silences a lot, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, I totally agree with you, silence can be used as a form of rhetoric, because if you use them wisely, it can if it can allow people to process information or to remember things quickly, like Like, I don't know if you have ever spoken with someone that goes on very high speed and says too many things at the same time. It's harder for us to focus and we tend to forget what what is the key point of Mm -hmm. what this person is saying. Like, when we have friends to talk a lot, we can love them with all our hearts. But sometimes we say, what's the point here? Mm -hmm. What What are the highlights of this message? If you introduce pauses, then you're helping the public to, yeah, to be able to get the information needed and storage it in a way. Mm. And it's also like when people use silence with rhetorics, they also use it to introduce some feelings. That was politics is a a lot about feeling, persuasion, right? Not just about the logic of arguments. And and if you use silence to take a, a pause and look in the eyes of people or to say something that is very, like in a very strong tone of voice and then you introduce a silence it's kind of these statements reverberate in us and they create an yeah
0: some emotions mm. i so. know that you use that in your when you have bachelor students yes you open <laughs> uh you can often uh open in silence yes we did what do the students experience when you have one minute or two together with all others in the room in silence
1: well um the first week was always a bit challenging for most of them some of them were more like oh this is cool this is different but I still remember one of them she told me she was leaving the classroom and she said you know Olga I hate you but and but she was not saying that in a mean tone she was more like joking but kind of real but at the end of that week she came back to me and she said I don't hate you it's just that you take us out of the voice because that's what silence creates. It's just like it takes us to places in ourselves or allows us to see others in different ways. Like one time at class, we did this eye gazing in silence experiment and that's bringing vulnerability at the core. When you are sitting four minutes looking at someone you are not so known with and then you're like, Oh, the eyes or the skin or does this person like me or what is she thinking? Or maybe she's looking at this part of my ear that I don't like. And then our mind starts going up, up and down. So I use that in class with the purpose, with, with kind of different purposes. The main one was what I talk in my thesis or in the book I'm writing is self-exploration. That's one of the things I'm most in or the phenomena I'm more interested as a psychologist and I think that silence or silence phenomena are these rooms for us to 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 tune inwards. Mm-hmm. So that's what I tried to induce at class. And I was more interested in specific in how the students would approach this emotionally. Because for me, silence or silence phenomena is something or are a phenomena that can help us psychologists to better understand feelings and emotions. Just in a nutshell, to 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 give a, a closure to these ideas, if you look at books of emotional intelligence and emotional agility, which are like hot topics also nowadays, they say like, you should be clear, you should know how you feel, you should know what are your values and walk your why, right? And I have always said like, this sounds very empowering, But at the same time, I always get the feeling, how do I do that? Sometimes we really struggle to know what we feel. or, Or sometimes we feel like very intense emotions, but we struggle to find words accurately. And sometimes we know the words, but we are so afraid of telling them to others. So that's what I was trying to make my students aware of. And actually, that that of my, that my student that said, I hate you a little bit, uh, she emailed me some months after the course was over. She was studying um, healthcare, a healthcare profession. And she told me, you know what? Who would believe this? But I'm less afraid to speak with my patients after the, your class because now I can open up more to their emotions. And that was one of the most meaningful feedback I could get
0: from a student. I was like, yeah. Is eh ja, fördi eh med att få le cell så kan vi öppna för andres känslor ja, och bli ja, ja. mer empatiska ja. och möta den andra bättre. Ja. 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 And that's also
1: because silence, this connection between emotions and our vulnerability or fragility that I was I was introducing before. Sufin with warmth and calmness. Ja. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, like um, that, that goes to the realm of silence phenomena that is more related with meditative practice or contemplative practices, or even prayers. Like, there are a lot of recent studies about mindfulness and the relation to stress reduction and calmness, and even in Norway, a lot about free of sleep and silence in, tra- uh, in nature and calmness. And... This is kind of this response or search for a solution to overstimulation and stress. Because overstimulation, I mean, is a problem we have now in society, not w- not just with our senses, like visual contamination or auditive contamination. It's also this st- stimulation we have in our working environment with a lot of tasks and demands, right? And I do believe that silence is a possibility for us to recharge batteries, mm. Um, so I see calmness in two different ways. the first is that it is more related to rest and recharge batteries and and that give us energy to go back to our rut- routines in different ways and I also see calmness in the more emotional aspect that when we um the more we meditate for example the more we um, well, some studies suggest that there's a connection between mindfulness practices and emotional intelligence because we are less reactive
0: mm-hmm.
1: and more proactive, and that's also related to calmness to to really understand our triggers and but that requires a lot of connection like between the li- different rooms in our brains and our minds and And both these aspects of calmness are related to. One of our biggest problems nowadays, which is stress, mm. right?
0: Or even anxiety. It is. Og, og da tänker du bare, think before you act. Yeah. Altså man blir mer mm. um, god på det. Och jag tänker på, når jag er stresset, så er jeg ikke jeg et bra mm. Så Men må man, do I have to meditate, or could I find... Um, silence other places than meditation totally like Mm. i for
1: me it was funny at the beginning when i got a lot of people contacting me and i i even feel like i was not doing a lot of meditation at the beginning of my phd and i always joke i was always joking with my supervisor but why do people think that i am a mindfulness guru because (laughs) I got a lot of requests to give talks about mindfulness, um, meditation, and I was building up my meditation practice, but but not as strong as it is now. It was kind of this re- demand from the public that, that kind of guided me to get more deeply into these mindfulness practices. So now I'm taking a training on that. At the same time, the fact that I started studied silence in everyday lives before meditation gave me a possibility to see that, yes, you don't necessarily need to sit and meditate every day two hours in order to foster your connection with yourself, your emotional intelligence. Mm. For some people who are religious, prayer is... is some people define prayer as a sort of meditation. Some people define prayer as a form of dialogue, not necessarily meditation. Nature, being in nature, is, is a way of, of reaching for silence. Um, many mothers and family mem- like especially mothers, but also some par- uh, fathers, have told me that they have this little, <laughs> yes, I got a little kitchen accent. <laughs> they have told me that they're most. Resourceful, resourceful silence in their daily lives is locking themselves in the toilets. I, I, I know the feeling. Okay. <laughs> and it's impressive the amount of people who have told me that. Mm.
0: I um, actually think that's why my husband wants uh, another um, toilet in, in our the house. house. <laughs> we have two, but we're get having three kids soon. Oh wow! So he says that we need another toilet, and I think that's the reason why, because he needs his spare time. Not
1: absolutely. <laughs> it is.
0: Mm.
1: It is, and there's especially in family life. Is mm. this which is we laugh about it, but it's kind of real. It's yeah. the only moment when we can just kind of breathe or, or think or even just get a moment to relax, right? Mm. And some people who define ve- themselves as very introverted have also told me that they do the same in their offices. Yeah. When they are overwhelmed. I was reading an article of the Harvest business review and they were giving advice of what to do when you have tough meetings. And one of the advices is just say that you're going to go to the loo, to, to the toilet and go take a pause there. Smart. Um, Yeah, it is. So, so, and that's also why sometimes we say that a synonym of silence is a pause. Yeah.
0: I would. I. I write diary almost every night, and that's. Um. I. I think that would be, in the category of silence, because it's. Um. It's a dialogue between me and the book. Yes. And. Yeah, it's a form of um, I don't know, uh toknemlet, prayer, everything. So I think that's a sort of silence even though I'm not meditating. Absolutely. Yeah, now, now
1: you're on my team. <laughs>
0: because my two key research uh, topics are
1: silence and journaling or keeping diaries. Is it? Yes. Cool. And it, so you are totally in my team. <laughs> it, actually, with my students, when I was teaching this class and um, we had the silent time, we had journals, diaries. So we had the silent experience. And afterwards, I asked them, now can you write about it? Describe what happened? And even after I... Encourage them now. Can you rewrite that in a poetic style to encourage them to look more into the emotional experiences? Mm. Absolutely, because journaling or writing is um is a way of pausing this this flow in the stream I can know <laughs> <why> I couldn't <laughs> it's a way of, of pausing all this flow of our consciousness, right? Mm. And it's is so it's a way of dialogue. And if you take silence in a spiritual or non spiritual perspective, silence, like when we are, when I say that silence directs us to connection, it, dial- it directs us to dialogue with God or with yourself. That's what we do when we meet ourselves in the page. Mm. It is, is, is this a way of building this space in between what is happening. So for me there are a lot of connections between silence and journaling. Hmm. And I encourage when people ask me for an advice of mental health, one of the first things I advise is journal. Of hmm. course, meditation. I encourage people to build that too. And I always encourage people do it the human way. That's what do I say what I say. I teach courses on mindful eating and I always tell my students, just do it the human way. And what do you mean by the human way? What I mean by the human uh, way is first, I prefer you to meditate one minute, five minutes, seven minutes a day <gasps> than to promise that you will meditate one hour a day and do it once a year, mm. right? And I always encourage people just to do it the human way, is that we have these expectations, that mindfulness and meditation, is, it will make us feel calm, enlightened, relaxed. We don't achieve that all the time. Silence can lead us there, but not all the time. So I say, just meet yourself the human ways that if today you sit in the yoga mat, in your pillow, or whatever you're meditating, and your mind is so noisy, like you know, mindfulness is being present with what is. So that is being present with what is, with what is. Trying to be as less judgmental as possible. But I say my, to my students, if a judgment arises, then don't judge yourself because you're judging yourself, because then you are just escalating all these things. So it's just accepting that thoughts and distractions are part of our daily experiences and that we can learn skills to handle stress, anxiety, overthinking. But that if we are doing that, we just notice. We m- mindfulness or meditation is about relating with this observer of the of the mind. So I do believe we have a lot of idealizations or expectations about what being human is about, which don't match reality. Like we would like to believe that human beings are not um, that we have no judgments, that we can be empathetic. 100% of our days that we can reach perfection that we will never have to be vulnerable that and that maybe we can reach this moment when we can beat uncertainty I take it the other way around that's what I. some people say like, wow, your class was a bit scary because it was just like <laughs> hard work for the heart Just let us be vulnerable let us talk about feelings let us be fragile
0: together because that's... um. Makes us feel connected as well yeah. and open for more uh, real conversations and communication, yes. right? But I'm thinking about um, uh, also the lack of silence in our society. Mm. You mentioned stress, and I know that um, uh, we consume, as we consume, more noise to a certain degree. Podcast, radio, music. Yeah and i'm I'm curious if you know anything about how that affects your brain and body
1: Wow do you do well you have any thoughts about it yeah even if I have not done research on this neuroscience part i or more biological realms of psychology, I do know that there are some reports from the World Health Organization that speak about the correlation between um Noise and cardiac disease, for example, or even insomnia and uh, and lack of sleep can lead to many other Mm. health uh, problems. And nonetheless, stress, you know, like lack of sleep can also affect our cardiac function and so on. And stress can also affect our cardiac function. So there's like a loop going on there. This also affects us psychologically because, you know, silence also gives us an opportunity to process information. That's what we were speaking about, rhetorics, mm-hmm. or when we were talking about these dates and things like that. When silence comes into the room or that when we enter the room of silence, we can process, reflect. And when we are not doing that, it's like we are reading a book, passing the page. We are reading the book of our lives, passing the pages so fast that we don't really read what's going on. That's why we are
0: so reactive sometimes. That's why we kind of need Sundays to rest.
1: Yes. <laughs> rest
0: and digest the week. Mm.
1: Yes, exactly. And what many people here in Norway, the dropohita, they have this cabin <laughs> tree. You need like a... It's not just about this physical relaxation, but it's about this time of, of reflection. Mm. Yeah. That is, uh, it can help us to better deal with stress. But as well as we feel that we are making decisions in our working life in our family life from a more genuine place that can really help us to to have a to feel more when we are when we are making decisions from a more authentic place or a place that relates more with the virtues or the values we want to define our lives then we will have more in a way, less difficulties or challenges with our mental health. Just to give you a concrete example with anxiety. The way I talk to my anxiety and I, like I have, I have more more of an anxious personality and I believe that all us human like anxiety is something all human beings relate in one way or, or the other. And the way I talk to my anxiety after having had many fights with her for many years, is that I have started to ask her. Okay, is there a value or a boundary, a value I am negating or a boundary I need to place? I need silence to have this conversation with anxiety. Mm. What is what we do? And that's where it goes back to your question. Why do we have so much noise? And why are we all the time in our phones or in our iPhones or with music? Because we are so afraid of this dialogue. We say, oh, I'm feeling anxious. I shouldn't be anxious because we have the expectation that we should be always Relax and smiley. If we take it the human way, we just say, oh, anxiety is paying me a visit. Is there a boundary I need to place or I am kind of avoiding a feeling such so as anger? And when I allow myself to feel this anger in a healthy way. That's why we speak silence and emotional intelligence are related.
0: Mm. But I guess some of those conversations can be quite tough right totally yeah. <laughs> totally because then you see you might see some truths that you don't want to see mm-hmm. yes
1: totally that's what i see with my students in mindful eating all the times many of them they say i know when i meditate i see i see this grief i don't want to see or i or i know this relationship it can be family romantic friend that is not very healthy but i don't know how to yeah how to make this this sometimes we are not ready to make some choices or sometimes we are so afraid of what's gonna happen next, mm-hmm. so so it is not easy to deal with reality is not easy <laughs> it's not
0: being human is is hard <laughs> it is hard but and yeah. uh, you talk about mindful eating as well yes how because um. I'm curious about how to how do we get more salads into our daily lives, mm. and then mindful eating could be one. one Absolutely. Part of that. So how how do you approach mindful eating? How could I eat more mindfully? <laughs> well, yeah.
1: Well, uh, thank you for this beautiful question, because you know when we are not eating mindfully, we are also overstimulating our senses. You know, we are making choices because our eyes think this food. Is beautiful, and that's what advertisement of food tries to or the tastes. So, how, how do we do it? If we eat unmindfully many times in our daily life, how can we do it? There are many, many different rituals, but one of the keys will be to find strategies to slow down, to eat slower than, than you're eating. Then mm-hmm. you can, um, there's some research suggesting that when you do that, you also feel the need to eat less you know from the the time that all this the information from the stomach needs to arrive to the hypothalamus that is the part of our brain that uh, will give us information now you have eaten enough it takes about 20 minutes and most of the times we have breakfast and lunch in 10 7 minutes thing, something like that so try to slow down how do we slow down we can say some people who are religious they say a little prayer before eating you don't need to be religious to say thank you for the food to the chef or to the waiter or, or for the person who is inviting you. Or, or another way is just try to pay attention to contact with your physical sensations. That, that means like looking more carefully to the food, the, the shapes, the colors. Um, when you put, bring the food in your mouth, you can try to say, okay, what are the tastes, um, the textures, or you? Some, sometimes we have this practice, especially mindful eating with children. That one day a week, everyone in the family can eat something with the hands. I mean, it doesn't need to be the rice. It could be <laughs> in Japan, but it can be a pizza, hamburger, even the parents, so that you allow the, the, them to have more contact with the senses. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's that's one of the key ways of slowing down and. And getting in in contact with physical sensations.
0: I learned a thing from uh, Peter Bayer, who is a Danish chocolate... um, He makes uh, really, really, really high-end good chocolate. Oh,
1: wow. I need to write that down later.
0: (laughs) Yes, I visited his chocolate farm. Wow. So I didn't eat mindfully. Well, I did. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, he said that um, because he sells like small drops of chocolate, like a small um, uh, pilleske. Okay. So his uh, his advice was that uh, to suge på en chokladbit eh approximately 20 seconds and then you wouldn't need so much chocolate totally. because the senses would be more ehm um, man vill känna smaken yeah. mer and inte ha behov för att stoppa yeah. ner på 20 200 g melkschoklad. Ja. Yeah.
1: yeah, That's a beautiful example of what mindful living is about. Mm. It's not necessarily about forbidding foods, like mindful eating is nothing like dieting. It's more about slowing down and perhaps it, then you also will start to feel that you need less of a certain food because you are enjoying it more. Can you more? Yes, absolutely. Or even, it can be even funny. We always encourage these explorations. I learned that I don't like Greek yogurt while I start to practice mindful eating. <laughs> but before I was always having it because it's healthy and you know many people have it and I put it with my muesli. Um, I didn't even notice I didn't like it. Hmm. That's interesting. It is. Many people, when you eat a potato chip slowly, many people say like, wow, this is awful. Because when this starts to melt in your mouth, you will be a little bit surprised of, of how it it changes. But we eat it so fast that we don't get to, to in touch with that sensation.
0: Huh, that's a good <laughs> v- advice for the coming week, to eat more <laughs> mindfully. But um, do you have um, any other, uh, also, other tips to get more still in i We have talked about meditation, journaling, mindful eating, pauses, even yeah. In the toilet?
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Prayer if you are religious. Mm -hmm. And that can be prayer going to a temple or you can also pray at home. Um, There I also, like in my book, the book I'm writing, I'm also suggesting at the end of the chapter a lot of practices. And one of them is just to relate, to bring yourself to the edge a little bit. For instance, if you notice that there's a particular colleague that every time you la- or it can be your boss or or a peer or someone in your family that this person that every time this person comes to talk to you you feel afraid so that person becomes more dominant in the conversation you could challenge yourself to say okay tomorrow i will try to at least share one idea more if you feel on the other side that maybe you are a person who enjoys a lot talking and sharing stories, the challenge could be the other way. okay when I feel the urge to talk, I'm gonna br- take three deep breaths or maybe get in contact with uh, something in, in in the room that grounds me look, like become pull, pull, push a little bit my body against the chair and uh, yeah and see if someone else talks most of the times that happens we give room to the other who's more shy because that if we bring this silence someone will break it (laughs) someone will uh, break it eventually (laughs) in a meeting or in a setting it can be very interesting the discoveries that's what i like this word self exploration or exploration Mm -hmm we can take silence with playfulness in our everyday
0: lives and see what happens yes but i also thought about um, to round up um, the awkwardness when you are on a date Yes. and you are silence and every in both parts get them secure but i um, hope i at the norwegian ett tryggt ja, ja. förhåll med gode vänner eller familie mm. så kan det att sitta i tillet sammen være ja ekstremt fint to be silent together an er extra Yes, and we, and we need to practice
1: in order to create that So the key of, about what you're saying is that With some people it happens spontaneously However, we don't need to wait for this spontaneity or flow to come We, we can even suggest that Like, you know, today I have had such a stressful day at work. Could we just sit in silence for 10, 15 minutes before dinners? Together, holding hands. We we suggest that, for example, in family or couples therapy, that couples at least once a week, they sit to hold hands or to look at their eyes without necessarily talking. And that builds a lot of connection. Because sometimes we think that connecting with people is talking with people. I don't necessarily believe that. We can connect in non-verbal ways quite a lot. We can suggest that to the children to, to play. Today we're going to play the silent game. We're going to be silent for one minute, two minutes together.
0: And, yeah. hmm. Ska ta ma'am? Olga, <laughs> tusen tack for att du kom på No, tusen tack till dig. Jag Så det var episode 144 av Ingefär med gäst Olga Lehmann och mig Sara Lossius. Och på Ingefärs shot på torsdag deler Olga vad hun selv för att baka in stillhet i livet sitt. Inte det? var med att ta ett minut i ro akkurat nu? Ta i fall vare på dig och det du er glad i. Ha det.